This is the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Hello, it's Mark here and welcome to the Clonmel Podcast for episode 150 for this Friday, the 6th of October, brought to you by our friends at the Village Grill Clarehan, where they're open six days a week, closed on Mondays, and having a party or get-together, why not check out their great party food deals at thevillagegrill.ie, download their app, or call this number, 052 613 So, how was your week? Hope it went well. We see the weather is set to warm up over the next couple of days, which is quite bizarre for this time of the year, according to Met Aaron. So I'm sure we'll make the most of it. Maybe head to Tremor. Best of luck to Mulligan's Pharmacy at the old post office building as they have been nominated for a National Store of the Year Award. Congratulations there. Also, Clonmel Credit Union and the rest of the credit unions around the country picked up Best Customer Experience in Ireland at the CXI Awards this week. Nice to see Hickey's Bakery, O'Donnell Crisp, Ravesi and the Apple Farm, some of our top producers. They got a nice write-up in last week's Sunday Times. You may have seen that. The first and fourth Cubs from the Clonmel Scout Group had a hike to Carey's Castle last weekend. They even got to cook sausages on the open fire. You can't beat eating food outside, can you? On the downside this week, we also got news that Paddy Power is to close its bookies at the West Gate here in town. And we see the Tipperary Dance International Festival kicked off this week and runs until the 15th of October. And the festival will be in town next weekend. So, what is coming up this week on the Clonmel Podcast? Well, I'm joined by Darren Carroll from Clonmel Outdoors and Pets. News on some school enrolments and open days. How you can get free help quitting smoking. A biodiversity walk from Clonmel Applefest. And this week's hashtag, Where's Mellow Winners, are also announced. The Clonmel Podcast. But first, I popped along to the Tipperary Museum of Hidden History to find out about their latest exhibition. I've come to the Tipperary Museum of Hidden History. I'm joined by curator Marie McMahon. Welcome to the podcast, Marie. Hi, Mark. How are you? Good. Now, you have a very exciting exhibition coming up. We do. We have an exhibition um, about Paddy Cashin and his work. Uh, so it's um, people will know and remember him and with, with fond memories, I'm sure, of Flash Cash. So he was very, he was very well known for his uh, dapper suits and always turned out, but... Um, in his later years, he was, well, I suppose the 70s, I don't know, but later years, but he was a photographer and um, took images for the Sporting Press and the Nationalist. So, um, yeah, we, unfortunately, Paddy passed away last May, the May before last, so he's, he's just gone maybe 18 months. So his uh, family, uh, Mark and Anne and Helen, called in to us one day and asked if we'd be interested in taking um, his collection. We said absolutely because you know it's local to Clonmel. There's it's all within living memory. So they brought in and they came in with um, kind of a trolley, and they kept coming in and dropping them and dropping them. Oh and God. I thought, oh Lord, <laughs> what have we what have we said yes to? But I knew it was a really valuable uh, collection, you know, social history as well as his collection of what he saw uh, the town to be. You know, similarly, uh, Donald Wilde had his collection, we'll say, from mm. the, the late 60s to early 70s. He's kind of gone from, we're working from 77, and the exhibition runs from 77 to 83, 84. Now, to say that we have thousands of images, we have thousands of images. So we've literally selected 
um, the boxes came in in US USA tins of biscuit, oh, you know, yeah. And uh, they came in in little small little black holders with this grey lid on them, and that's where you would have put your film in. But they're all the negatives were kind of entwined inside in them, with a little. Um, some of them have a plaster on the outside, and others have masking tape where they've written, where he's written 1977 Garda Dance or. Um, party for such and such or a communion or something on the lines of that so it's dated but the really mad thing is is that we don't have any names for any of the pictures none 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 at all so the challenge is i suppose for us is to part of the museum is obviously to ensure that we know who's in the pictures and what we're going to do then is place the pictures up on the wall they're kind of going to be themed around you know this kind of teenage disco things there's um roller disco dancing people would remember it on their roller uh, skates um youth clubs there's a snackery club and kind of mad things and um fancy dress and we've actually even got tom fennessy you know from the rowing club and the rugby mm. club dressed up as a baby in one of them <laughs> yeah playing rugby so sorry tom i had to say it it's one of our unique pictures here but so there's a lot of family images uh kids uh, playing dress up um you know uh, dress up days in school halloween and santa that came to town back in the 70s and 80, early 80s was phenomenal so huge event wasn't it massive so mm. you'd the, the images show the absolute nuts environment that was there and Santa with his very dubious um, like they were back then um, beard, uh, beard. Mm. and um, there's different celebrities like we have some pictures there's Christy Moore who used to work in Clonmel in the bank at one stage and we've Mike Murphy was here and he also had Vincent Hanley who was oh, local fantastic. to Clonmel mm. and we've Twink in one of them and I think Sonny Knowles and there's a few others kind of hidden amongst all the images. They all look like your next door neighbor, you know, but um, I think Sonny Knowles is wearing this gold lame jacket type thing or a shirt that was very tight. Um, so yeah, so all the images. So what, one of the key things for us is that we want people to come in and tell us who are, who are in the pictures. And the idea then is that once we know what a picture is, we'll place it up on our website. So it won't be lost and we, it won't be forgotten about but we'll take it off the exhibition and change it for a new image so that we'll have a, a really good interaction from the public to come in and tell us who they are. Very good. Um, we've been looking through the pictures and I recognise so many people, but I can't put the names on them. Um, so it'd be really interesting. Like, they're hilarious. They really are brilliant. So it's for everybody, to be honest, to come in and have a look, you know. From Are you in it? I can't find myself at all. I'm surprised because I don't mind having my photograph taken. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays I do, but when I was younger, I was always smiling in the camera. I'm not in any of them um, that I can find yet, but... But your dad is. My dad is in one, in the scouting one, he is. John Casey is in one of them. Um, there's a few scouting ones as well, and mm. um, just some of the housing estate ones are fabulous. There's a gorgeous one of around 30 kids over in the old bridge. Mm. I can recognise maybe around 10 kids that are now probably in their 60s. Um, and others then in the 40s, 50s. Um, so it's kind of age groups of probably 40 plus, I'd say. So um, all the, it's just great fun. Um, so when they come in, 
it's kind of set up, I won't say a whole lot, but it's kind of set up like a 70s, 80s room kind of thing. Brilliant. Um, so the colours are quite eclectic, but they're all black and white images. We haven't put in any colour yet. As the time as the time moves on into the 90s, obviously, we'll do it kind of more 90s styling and vibe and things like that. Here's a great idea. Mm-hmm. If people came dressed in 70s and 80s attire to look at them. Absolutely. Or just pull out something from the wardrobe that they wore at some stage. Um, I'm sure Tom Fennessy might have his outfit somewhere. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's been great fun. Um, the family, the Cashin family have been uh, incredible. Anne, Helen and uh, Mark. Um, so we're, we're opening it to the public on Saturday. Uh, the 7th of October and we just want people to come in and have a look at it and really and truly you'll you'll see a picture of a really old friend and say my god I haven't seen her in such a long time I wonder where she is and like I know people will send on the pictures through Facebook and as long as people credit the museum with the image I'd be I'm happy for people to share it but we do want to know who the people are so you know we're not being precious about uh, uh, the images and we have thousands more um, so as I said, we'll definitely run it all the way through to probably April, May, might even go further. It depends if we get a lot more uh, digitized. We're digitizing the images now since last September. Oh so that will tell you um, how long it's taking. Um, but um, it's, it's, it's uh, great fun and it's, it's, like, it's hilarious just looking at them. And even when um, Helen and Anne have come in, you know, they've been really upset over it, kind of happy upset. but they like they could just see you know they've so many memories as well of you know the guys over in college Mm. avenue and the neighbors and there's lovely um older women um probably maybe in their 60s sorry i'm going to rephrase that older women in their 70s and 80s uh 60 isn't old at all and um and they're sitting outside on the on their chair outside of college avenue and you know with their arms folded outside the door probably outside the door with their pinny on and big smiles like Mm. it's just very community and that's what I love about the exhibition it's very community but that's why I want people to come in as a community to um, put the names on on the images so that we can create this huge archive of images of people um, who lived in the town and the changing townscape as well because we have some nice images Mm. of how the town looked Um, there was one I think it's from 77 or 78 somebody might correct me but um, where the car park for St Mary's Church in, in Irish Town, the one on the further up Irish Town, you know, the small where there's a little roundabout in there, mm. that was built. And I just want to say a massive, massive thank you to uh, St Vincent de Paul. We've used all of their frames. It's been phenomenal. Obviously, um, we're going to give a, um, a nice donation to St Vincent de Paul. They've been amazing down there to help us out. Um, obviously, one of our criteria for the exhibition was to reuse and um, be sustainable in the exhibition so we're reusing the frames throughout the year um, and using the frames that uh, that the guys have given us and um, it's just been it's just been fantastic it's been a really lovely community project and I'm so excited to hear how people um, find it. What's the opening hours again for the Museum Marie? So we're open from 10 until 1 and 2 until half 4 is closing time but 4 o'clock kind of you need definitely need an hour. You really actually need an hour to nearly two hours for this exhibition because there's so many people in it. Um, there's a few people in there that I've put in that I know that 
people don't know that I put it in, so they're going to be quite shocked over some of the pictures, but they're brilliant. They're just classic. They're just really, really great. Set to be a great exhibition here at the Tipperary Museum of Hidden History in Mick Delahunty Square. And of course, it's free, isn't it? Absolutely free. So um, if you want to bring in a group of people or even, you know, some of your elderly relatives, we'd be quite happy maybe as an outreach uh, project we might develop uh, to go up to the nursing homes or to, you know, some daycare centre or something like mm. that as well to bring up some images. So we're hoping at, um, in, the, in the coming weeks that if people would like some of the images um, that we will be able to print them. We might print them every month rather than every week because it would be an expensive uh, type of um, project. But we'd like to print them, but half the money is going to go to CRY. Um, it's um, that um, sudden death mm. um, and um, in young people. So half the money is going to go to that and the other half then is going to go to our educational and conservation projects within the museum and um, the Cashin family have been very generous um, with that um, offer for us. So yeah, come into the museum. Um, we can't wait to see you. Can't wait to see you Saturday because I'm going to be in here as well working and we can't wait to hear just all the stories. And if you are writing your names onto the website, if you can't use a website, just come in and uh, talk to myself or Stephen or Michael at reception and we'll be able to upload the information that you can speak to us about um, or equally you can send it in on a piece of paper or email us. And the other thing as well is that you can actually, there'll be a QR code that'll bring you straight to the website to actually put down the information. And if you have a little story about Paddy Cashin, we'd yeah. be delighted to hear it as well because, as I said, we're building a whole archive around his collection. So anything to do with him or stories or the family or a bit of crack, we'd be delighted to hear about it. So thanks a million. Thank you, Marie. The presentation secondary schools enrolment for first years, September 2024, will take place on Tuesday, the 10th of October. Also, an information evening for six class students and parents will take place on Tuesday, the 17th of October at 7.30pm. Rahing College, or the Old Tech, as some of us used to know it, have an open night for parents of six class children on Thursday, the 12th of October at 7pm. For more details, you can call this number 052-612-1450 or email info at cti-clonmel.ie. St Mary CBS are taking enrolment applications for September 2024 in all classes. That's first to six years. You can call 052-612-1594 or email yahoo.ie for more information. A table quiz to support the high school music group here in town will take place at Moynihan's Bar on Thursday, the 12th of October. It all gets underway at 8pm. The next Clonmel Repair Cafe and Toy Library will take place on the 29th of October at Zero Waste Marketplace in Anglesey Street. You may have something at home you need to get fixed. Well, bring it along. Clonmel Rotary are having a charity dinner dance on Friday the 10th of November at Hotel Manila. Starts at 7.30 until late. Music by the brilliant Tipperary Ramblers and the price is €60. Euros. And I'll have more on this with Phil Guida on next week's podcast. A free We Can Quit Smoking program is starting at the Clonmel Community Resource Centre on Tuesday the 17th of October. It's on from 11am to 12.30pm. Now to book your place, contact Catherine Murphy on this number 087-188-0690 or email healthycommunities at clonmelcrc.ie. 
Tipperary Sports Partnership are facilitating the Wibbly Wobbly six-week programme with the Tipperary Child Care Committee. This is aimed at children aged two and a half to six years and is a starting point for children cycling. To get more information, go to the Tipperary Child Care Committee Facebook page. Do you know something? I'm sure, like me, that takes you back as well when you learnt to ride a bike and it might be your mum or your dad holding the back of the saddle and running along the bike and you're cycling away and then, unknown to you, they leave go and you're going down the path realising you're cycling. Wow! Because they let go of the saddle. How cool is that? Memory I have there. I'm sure you have the same. Now, is it okay to mention the C word on the podcast? Yes, we're talking Christmas, I know, but before you know it, Christmas will be here very, very soon once Halloween's out the way. So let me tell you about the Clonmel Christmas Market. It's coming to the Greyhound Stadium on the 9th and 10th of December, and it's on from 12 to 5 p.m. free admission. And since we are talking about Christmas, just slightly, Lisrona National School Parents Association are holding a Christmas jumper table quiz at the Coachman Bar Parnell Street on Friday, December the 1st. It starts at 8pm. Table of four, 20 euros. There'll be a prize for the best Christmas jumper and lots of raffle prizes too. Meanwhile, just out the road in Feathered, they'll be dancing to the Morningham Brothers Band this coming Sunday at the Feathered Ballroom from 8.30pm to 11.30pm. Admission there is €10 and teas will be served. The next Clonmel Rugby Club Split the Bucket Draw takes place this coming Sunday, the 8th of October at 8pm at Mulcahy's Bar. You might bag yourself some cash there. And also, best of luck to the Clonmel Rugby team's first 15 who take on Bruff from Limerick at Odgear on Saturday Kickoff there is at 2.30pm and all are welcome to come along. Clonmel Applefest are holding a biodiversity walk this coming Sunday, the 8th of October at midday on the Blue Way. Tickets are just €5, Euros, which you can book on Eventbrite and the meeting point is the Convent Bridge entrance to Grenan. The Clonmel Library are having a Halloween party and story time with games and prizes for the best costume on Tuesday, the 31st of October at 3pm. The kids will just love this. To book your child's place, call this number 052 616 6130. The annual Halloween zombie walk comes to town on the 31st of October, and this one is set to be the biggest and best one yet. So don your favourite zombie costume and makeup and just come along and join in the fun. A Halloween play event comes to Hillview Sports Club on Saturday the 28th and Sunday the 29th of October. There'll be bouncy castles, music, lights, giant games and lots more. And for all the details, go to electricpartyrentals.ie. Imperium Showcase present Halloween at the Coachman Bar on Friday the 27th of October. There'll be live pole, aerial hoop, burlesque and drag performances and a pop-up shop by Lace and Tassels. Doors open at 7pm, the show starts at 8, and tickets are just €15 at the door. A weekly walk and talk takes place every Thursday at the Clonmel Resource Centre in Kickham Street at 11.15am, so want to pop along, make some new friends, and also refreshments will also be served afterwards. The South Tipperary Involvement Centre is open Tuesday to Friday from 11am to 1pm at a place for you in Gladstone Street where you can pop in for a cuppa and a chat. And they also have their Tuesday Evening Club on the first and last Tuesday of every month from 7 to 9pm. The Feathered Community Group Circle of Friends present a lip-sync battle at Hotel Manila on Sunday, the 29th of October at 8pm. Tickets are €25 in aid of South Tipperary Hospice and available from the Feathered Post Office or any committee member. 
This year's Focus Island Sleepout will take place on Friday the 13th of October and if you go to focusisland.ie you can get all the details on signing up for your sleepout against homelessness. If you like the odd game of chess, you'll be glad to know that the Chess Club is on at the Clonmel Library every Saturday at 2pm. Maybe you might fancy a bit of that tomorrow. Staying with the library, they hold an age-friendly senior film club showing some of those timeless classics that we all love on the last Wednesday of every month at 2pm. You'll also get tea and biscuits afterwards. You can't beat a cup of tea in a bicky, can you? Now, how about some bingo? Of course, it continues this coming Monday night at Hillview Sports Club with a jackpot prize standing at €1,000, two grand in prize money, doors open at 7pm and it's eyes down at 8pm. The Clummel Podcast Job Spot. Now, jobs this week. Bakers and baristas at the Showground Shopping Centre are looking for staff. You must be flexible and able to work weekends, two to four days a week. All you have to do is pop in to apply there. Molokahis in town are looking for part-time bar staff and food and beverage service personnel. You can email your CV to info at mulcahys.ie. Bennigan's Bar and Restaurant in the Narrow Street are looking for a full or part-time chef for their busy kitchen. Experience is required. For more, call this number 87 or go to their Facebook page. Mr Price out by Tesco are looking for store staff. Email your CV to recruitment at mrprice.ie. Richard Egan Furniture is looking for an apprentice cabinet maker for their workshop here in town. You can email your CV to info at richardegan.ie. Michael Garnies are hiring. It's a full-time position Monday to Friday. You can send your CV to caroline.freeney at michaelgarney.com if interested there. Raheen House are looking for a kitchen porter and experienced housekeeper. Get more on their social media pages. And finally, the Village Grill in Clarehan are looking to hire a store supervisor where you'll oversee the day-to-day running of the store. You must be able to work with the team, flexible working hours, and an experience in the food industry desired. If interested, send your CV to hughodonnell1 at gmail.com. That's hughodonnell1 at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise a job on the Clonmel Podcast, just email Podcast at gmail.com. Now, time for this week's interview, and I popped along to Clonmel Outdoors and Pets to speak to Darren Carroll. The Clonmel Podcast. I've come to Clonmel Outdoors and Pets, and I'm joined by proprietor Darren Carroll. Welcome to the Clonmel Podcast, Darren. How are you doing? Fabulous place you have here. It's coming along now. <laughs> it has really come along over the years. Tell us about what you've done to the place so far. I suppose in the last, we took over on the 1st of July 2022. And since then, we've uh, just brightened it up a bit. New stands, new lighting, a few new ideas, a few new additions to the place. We've added in reptiles and lots of different bits and pieces and just putting our own touch on it, I suppose. The minute you come in, you notice it's much more brighter than what it was years ago. We just changed all the old lighting and went with LED lighting and brightens it up. It's amazing what a lick of paint will do and a bit of fresh timber and fresh lino and new lights. <laughs> Gives it a new look. Now, you, you haven't just taken this over since, what was it, last July, you were saying? But you've yeah, yeah. been here, working here, for how long? 38 years before we took it over. Wow. It's a long time. Must be a little boy when he took it over, were you? When you, when you joined him? I was only 13 or 14 when I came in with Pat Morrissey, who was the previous owner. Um, yeah, I was with Pat, came in in 1985, over the years, several times, going to leave, then I stayed, then I was going to go, then I stayed. 
and I suppose the grass always looks greener on the other side, but sure, we stayed and we're here ever since. And did you ever think that one day that you'd actually have this place? To be fair to Pat, he always wanted me to take it over, you know. Mm. Um, he said it many times over the years. And when the time came, he went out at the start of COVID and I suppose he had just reached an age and a point where he just wanted to retire. And I suppose with everything that was involved, we just got together, done a deal and the rest is history. So let's take it back to 1985, the first days you came through those doors there. Yeah. What, what did you say to Pat? God only knows, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, back then we were above, we're CEXs now, we were above there. Uh, we done two years and ten months up there. Just I was told to meet him there one Monday morning by John Cotter out of Manpower at the time. Do you remember Manpower <laughs> back in the day? Manpower, yeah, yeah. I had a brother who worked in Pauline O'Gorman's pub actually for a few years and he was leaving. And uh, I was after doing my exams, didn't want to go back as we did back then. And uh, I went down and took over from John and Pauline O'Gorman's and it wasn't for me. I rang John Cotter. He said, give me a few days. And a few days later, he rang me and said to meet Pat Morrissey at, in Nabby Street or Mitchell Street back then at the time. And uh, yeah, I remember standing up there that morning and he walked up the road and he said, how's it going? And I said, how's it going? And 38 years later, we were still together. <laughs> and did you know off the shop? I did. I'd been in and out of it a few times. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, um, but yeah, just always liked the animals and the outdoors and all that kind of thing. So as the years went on, we did, we started adding to it, and we got into fish and tackle and horse tackle at the time. Um, got into a lot of army surplus back then. It was popular, and we were doing a lot of that back in the day. That was the big thing, wasn't it? If you wanted any army surplus, you came. You came here. Yeah, yeah. It was massive at the time. Changed a bit now, I suppose. The last 10 or 15 years, a lot of the armies around the world have all gone to camouflage. Whereas back in the day, we used to be able to get all the German moleskins and the NATO jackets. The parka jackets were just massive back then. The amount of parkas we sold over the years. Really? Oh, it was unreal. <laughs> we used to buy them in bundles of 50. Oh, my God. And the worse they were, the more they liked them, you know. Yeah. Um, I remember getting in one one time. It was full of what looked like bullet holes all stitched up all over the place. It was so bad, we said we'd send it back. And we put it out here into the storm he said we'll send it back and I remember a guy coming in one day and I was showing him all these parker jackets no he said it's too new it's too new it's getting rougher looking at it. <laughs> so I said I've gone out in the store but it's it's bad like it's tattered and you know I brought it out to him and he said yeah that's the one I'll have that yeah yeah that's what I want so even to a sale for that yeah yeah it was amazing so they were the real big sellers back in the day oh really big yeah, everyone everyone had a parker back in the day I think I remember coming in and getting some um, like BB gun pellets the the point two two pellets back in the day. Would you have ah, had those? Yeah, yeah. We done we done ammunition for years, and it's a long, long time ago now. But we used to do the point two two pellets. That's and the ones. We used to do the one point one seven seven pellets. We had the magnum bullets and all that stuff. We got a visit years ago. It's about fifteen, sixteen years ago. Two detectives in Dublin, and they wanted to know where we kept our ammunition. And we had the shop we used to be in. Used to be originally used to be Willie Burns' old shop. Burns is above in Mitchell Street and they had a real old safe, like something you'd see in a sheriff's <laughs> office back in the day, you know. And it took about seven or eight of us to get it up onto a cart to get it down here. It was about four feet high, it had a key on it. The key oh was about gosh. 12 inches in length. It was a big, big safe. But the two boys came from Dublin weren't happy with it at all, you know. They said you'd have to build a steel room and you'd have to build this, that, the other thing. It just wouldn't have paid us at the time for the amount of those we were selling, you know. It was small quantities. Actually, only had a guy in last week, just to give you an idea, and he was looking for cartridges. And I said, just don't do them anymore, you know. And he said, no, no, I always get them here. And I said, well, you haven't been in for a while, because I haven't sold them for about 17 years, <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
And he said, is it that long since it was in? <laughs> so it just wasn't in him, you know. And, and at the time, the insurance was quite high because we were keeping the ammunition on, in, uh, in the shop. So even when we got rid of it, the insurance went way down. Mm. Um, mm. So it just didn't justify keeping it, you know. What was your first job duties when you, you joined? Oh, as a boy, all the way back then, I suppose it was the usual, cleaning up, keeping the place tidy, cleaning out the animals. Did you mind cleaning out the animal cages? No, not at all. Everyone has to start somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone who's ever come in over the years started with cleaning out the animals and stuff, you know. So they all have to be cleaned every day, fed, looked after, watered, changed. Um, and then you moved on over the years up to the ladder and started ordering stuff and buying stuff, going to trade shows and pricing it, selling it, displaying it, you know. What were the trade shows like? Good. Tend to spend too much when you're at them. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get drawn in. Have a look at this, have a look at that. And where would they be on, Darren? Uh, a lot of them be on in Dublin, you know, mm. a lot of trade shows in Dublin. We used to go to a lot of the fish and tackle trade shows and stuff. Still do. Um, there'd be different shows we've invited to shows in England and different things like that but it was always hard to get away to the shows there was only ever two of us here you see so it was really a two man operation so it was hard for somebody to be gone for two or three days at a time so we often took in the Dublin shows alright but not too often to be taking the, the further afield ones So what have you changed say selling wise or stock wise apart from the parker jackets obviously the and, and jackets. the ammunition that you, uh, you have we got into an awful lot of the outdoor stuff over the years mm. we used to originally it was known as Tamil hardware and pets but as That's the years right, went yeah. on we, we kind of changed the name going back um, I don't know it must be 10 years ago now or more because we didn't do so much in the hardware anymore and we just felt, you know, anyone, a stranger, especially passing outside, you'd look down and say, well, that's only a hardware shop. But we were, had got in more and more to outdoor stuff, a lot of the hiking boots, footwear, good walking socks, all the walking poles, backpacks. Walking really stuff. took off, didn't it? Big time, yeah, yeah, it really did, yeah. So we were more and more into that, so we changed the name to Tamil Outdoors and Pets. That must be 10, 11 years ago now, maybe. So, yeah, we added a lot of that range, a lot of accessories for it. Uh, we'd have a lot of all the camping knives and Swiss Army knives and stoves and walking poles. Um, we do a very good school bag in the, in the sport house school bag, been a big, big seller for years. Um, really good quality bag. So we've kind of weeded out over the years any of the, anything that gave trouble we didn't want. What we sell, we want it to last, we want it to do well and, you know, if we ever had boots or anything that gave trouble, we just don't go there again, you know. Is there a certain brand of boot you'd go for, say walking boot? The high-tech we find very good mm. because they do a great range across them. You know, you can get yourself a pair of high-techs for 50, 60 quid or you can get a pair for 250 quid. So there's a great range for everybody in them. And they're very good and they're great to stand over their boat if there ever is an issue. Rarely, there's rarely an issue, but if there is, there's no hassle, you know. And it makes sense because where we're living and where you're located, you know, great walks around, yeah, isn't there? Plenty of them around, yeah, lots of them around. There's some lovely walks through the woods and... Um, a lot of clubs around now doing it now where they'd set off at different levels, you know. And they've got peaks mountaineering as well. Here yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'd get a lot of those people come in buying walking boots and they'll buy, they're in for the nick waxing for stuff to re-waterproof their jackets and their coats and wet gear and we kind of cater for them all. And did you find during COVID they really took off as well? Yeah, yeah, COVID for us was actually quite busy with a lot of people were... They were off work, so they were walking, they were fishing, they were they were doing lots of things. Fellas got into fishing who never fished. I'm sure there's a lot of rods and garages and sheds <laughs> that were used just during COVID and haven't been used since. But yeah, and, and they had nothing else to do, you know, there was no weddings on, there was no 
nothing. No, nothing on, you know, no parties, no nothing. Pubs were closed, everything. So guys got outside and they came to us. What about the animals you're stocking now today? Yeah, we'd have a big range, anything from the small animals all the way up along, like we do. We'd have our little hamsters, fancy mice. We'd have uh, gerbils. Um, we keep a lot of, got into a good few reptiles there now as well. They've been popular. We do the bearded dragons. We do the geckos. Um, we'd have leopard geckos, crested geckos. We'd have uh, chameleons. Do a few small snakes. Um, we'd have a big range of tropical fish, cold water fish. We'd have rabbits, guinea pigs, chinchillas. We've uh, some lovely birds then in budgies, canaries, conures, cockatiels. And we've our own shop mascot in Aussie, the lovely Amazon yellow nape parrot. He's lovely. He's, he's outside, is he? We must have a look at Aussie before we before I go. Yeah, he's only he's only coming on sixteen weeks now, so he's only a baby. But uh, people are loving him. He's starting to talk and say hello, and you know. I'm looking at the rabbit in the cage over there where we are. Yeah, yeah, that's a mammy of the rabbits outside. Uh, we've had her quite a while. Um, nice rabbit, actually. Yeah, yeah. Now we must explain where we are. This used to be the old Black Rock department store. Yeah, that's come back, back well back. Yeah, it was part of it. So all above us where GameStop used to be, right down to us, was all part of the Black Rock. Um, and I suppose they split it up then years into years ago into different shops and whatever, and we're in one part of it. So that's come back. It's not today or yesterday. Because <laughs> you were saying off air, this is the old shoe department, is it? Yeah, yeah, I do. I had a guy into the shop come back. He was an elderly man then, it's 10 or 15 years ago, mm. and he was really interesting guy. He knew the whole run of the place and telling me how he used to have to clean the floor before he'd go home every evening, and he knew all the different departments where people worked, and out here in the storeroom, the original tiles are still on the floor in the storeroom, and he was explaining how he had to clean those every day before he went home, you know. But he knew all the guys, he had all the names, who worked in what department and all the rest of it, and it was, it was really the main department store of the town at the time, you know. I'm looking at the floor there, and I'm thinking that's the original that's flooring. The floor out the back, yeah, in the store. That is there. A long, long time. A long time. As well, it's already in the store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, it's probably quite modern back then. It probably was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was. <laughs> that poor man was there polishing the floor before he went yeah, yeah, home. He was a child, yeah, he was 13 or 14, working for a few hours after <laughs> school, and down on his knees every night before he went home, cleaning and cleaning. Tell us a bit about yourself. Where, where in town are you from? Originally from Barron Park. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Born and reared in Barron Park. Um, went to school, obviously, in Clonmel. And as I said, went in with Pat then at a young age and here ever since. Yeah. What interest do you have? I gather you must be into a lot of the outdoorsy yourself to now have this place. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I loved the fishing over the years and a lot of fishing over the years. Don't get as much time for it now, but I did do a lot of fishing over the years. And... Um, as a hobby, I keep uh, marine fish myself, and over the years we've had everything at home. When the lads were small, they all had rabbits and birds and different bits and pieces, you know. So, yeah, the interest has always been there. Yeah. And you sang when you joined here in 19, or you came here in 1985. What other shops and businesses were around back then? Can you remember? Yeah, there was... Um, Asher, go back then, I suppose, it down to the end of the street, you had... The, the amusement, remember the amusement arcade was down there? Gus Benelli had the amusement yes. arcade was there back then and the Mayfair Chipper was next to that. Ah, oh, the Mayfair. Uh, there was an old meat shop down there. The sawdust used to be on the ground, remember back then. Yeah. <laughs> Knock and Go Bookshop was where GameStop is now. You had, uh, there was a Betnoffs across the road, wasn't there? There was Betnoffs there. 
Yeah, that's the vape shop now. Yeah, there was a good few different shops around back then. Just trying to think what else was there. Busy town back then too, wasn't it? Ah, yeah, very busy, yeah. It was, it was totally different back then, yeah. And it's amazing, when we were above in, in Mitchell Street, back then you could drive the car up the street. I remember that. And, like, we had a, a lot of products in the window there where they sold, we say, very well up there. And then we had other lines that didn't sell very well. But when we moved down here, which is only a stone throw from it, items that didn't sell well up there sold well down here. That's so bizarre. It's, it's weird, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember up there, we, wallets was never a great seller for us, leather wallets. And down here, we sell loads of leather wallets over the years. You That's know? really That's weird, weird, isn't it? Stone throw, yeah. Yeah, it's often like that. But reps that often tell you, like, they often call to shops in the cities or whatever, and they could have a line that they put into a particular shop, and it just doesn't go and they go 100 yards down the road and it's in another mm, shop there and it sounds mm, great. Mm. It's just it's weird how that kind of happens. But as you were saying, it, it was a very busy town back around the 80s and, and early oh, 90s, was, wasn't it? Yeah, sure. We had the army barracks here then and you had a lot of industry and, you know, it was a busy town. But then back then, you see, we had a lot of our customers came up from, we used to get an awful lot of customers from Dungarvan and the surrounding areas, Cashel and all these places. But they've grown over the years now too and they have their own supermarkets and they have their Aldi's and their Littles and their Duns and their Tesco's and back back then when I started here none of those shops were there in those towns so they all came to Clamel, Dunderbill shop and went around the town. It was a much much busier place than it is now. And of course no internet back then Darren too so people couldn't no, buy online. No there was no buying online then. They, they just had to go out and shop <laughs> that was it. <laughs> there was no buying online. But yeah it's all changing. <laughs> changing. And what about socialising when you were a lad? Where in town did you go back in the day? Oh, sure. Max Tavern was a big one back then. Oh, Max Tavern! Live bands. <laughs> uh, do you remember Hot and Question up there were a great band back in the day? We used to go and see them quite often. I suppose you did Clamel Arms, which is badly missed, isn't it? Oh, do you know what it really is, isn't it? Even just, yeah. I, I parked down that way and coming up to, to see you today, looking at the arms, thinking it's so sad. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully Great nights in there. move on it now. There's big talks that it's it's all signed and nearly ready to go. So that'll be great to see. That, that'll that help the whole town, you know. Badly, badly needed. Um, it needs a bit of a lift. The town needs a bit of a lift. It does. I mean, you look at, I know they're, they're talking about something with, with Marketplace, but it seems to be an ongoing story, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean... Again, going back, I mean, when Super Quinn was over there and Extra Vision was there and you couldn't browse through a few movies and different things, it's just terrible to see it all locked up, isn't it? And, and not just locked up, it's been wrecked, isn't it? It's been destroyed and graffiti everywhere and all that takes from the town. You know. I mean, if you think about it, yeah, Extra Vision, it was your Saturday night out. It was a takeaway and a, and a, yeah. a video, a DVD, wasn't it? And make sure you got it back on Monday morning <laughs> without getting charged yeah? <laughs> for late comeback. <laughs> Did you ever stock anything that didn't really... You had an idea to stock something, say, in the shop, and then went, oh, do you know what? Maybe that was a bad idea and it didn't really work out. Let's quickly get rid of it. Uh, no, not really. There was nothing. How do you research then what you get? I suppose it's just what the shop has been over the years. We'll say, you know, the army stuff, the outdoor stuff, ended up with the hunting stuff. And one thing linked on to another thing, you know, the outdoor stuff. We got into all the Letterman tools and... Um, we do all the Swiss Army knives. We've had the Zippo lighters over the years. We do a big selection of kind of fancy knives. that We have a lot of fellas collecting them and stuff like that. Um, get a few unsociable guys looking for them who we won't give them to, but mm. that happens too. But And plenty of regular customers over the years? Yeah, we've had good loyal customers over the years. A lot of them coming in and out for a long, long time. Um, even getting a lot of customers coming in now who would have come in as kids with their parents. and That's nice to see, isn't it? It is, making me feel a bit older now. <laughs> But there is a lot of, they'd tell you, you know, God, I used to come in here as a child and 
you used to come in with mom and dad and we got rabbits here and we got this here we got a tent here i got my first jacket here whatever it was um and yeah they're coming in with their kids now and do you find it just coming in for a browse maybe to look at the the pets as well yeah you do get a lot of that yeah yeah we often said if we do euro for everyone who visited the animals mm. we'd be we'd be doing okay but look we don't mind there's no problem it's great to see the kids coming in and looking through the stuff and what's there and you know you, you don't make a sale today you make it tomorrow isn't that the way um they often go home hounding the mum and dad for the budgie they saw or for the fish they saw or whatever and yeah, often they often come back for stuff, you know. It's, I think we all did that over the years, wasn't yeah. it? Or, or back in the day, you might win a goldfish at a fair. Yeah, yeah, that was a thing, yeah. And, and over the years, we've had quite a few people coming in for for tanks or whatever it would be for a fish they'd won at a fair in a Sunday or whatever, yeah. Not so much now, but back a good few years ago, you'd see it quite often, yeah, yeah, you would. Can you still buy the old fish bowls? Can. We don't like to sell the very small fish bowls. Not anymore. much room in there. No, no, no. We like to at least go to something that has a filter in it and has a light in it and, you know, has a decent filtration system on it. Let's be as fair to them as we can, you know, give them as much room as we can. With some of the reptiles as well, what would what would they eat and do you sell what they eat? Yeah, we do. A lot of them will eat the live foods and they'll eat crickets and mealworms mm. and locusts and uh, waxworms, things like that. Uh, we'd have a lot of people that order them. We get a delivery of that live food every two weeks. A lot of people will order it. They'll get a text then off us on the Tuesday to say their live food is here. It's delivered every second Tuesday. Um, and most people will, will, will do it like that because they're getting it as fresh as they can then. It's, it's, it leaves our crowd on the Monday. We have a Tuesday morning. They collect it any time between Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it would be. And that's what they're eating, yeah. yeah. Some of them will eat a bit of veg and stuff as well, but the majority of them are all live foods. Like. Okay, before we uh, finish up, should we go and have a look at Ozzy outside? I'm, I'm, yeah, dying, I'm dying to see him. He might even say a few words, Darren, will he? Well, you never know. <laughs> Let's see if we can... Uh, Depends on the mood he's in. ...have a chat with... With Ozzy. Ozzy is a, a what again? Here he is. Here he is. He's a yellow nate Amazon parrot. Not he's lovely green in colour. Yeah, he's lovely. He's given out now to the microphone. Oh, he wants he's, to eat he's, it. he's biting the mic. <laughs> Hi, Ozzy. You got to say hello, Oz. Hello. You hello. Say hello. Hello. No, you're going to show us up, aren't you? You're just looking at that man wondering who he is. <laughs> oh, he's gone for the mic. <laughs> gone for the mic. Yeah, he's not impressed yeah. by the mic, Darren, no, I don't think. No. He's beautiful. Now, you're saying Ozzy is only young. He's only young. Uh, he's coming on 16 weeks now. And we're just training him to say a few words. And he's quite hand him. He was reared from, hand reared from two weeks of age. So he was syringe fed every two hours for eight weeks. So a lot of effort put into him. But and how did you come across him? Uh, through a breeder I know um, we go on the watch out for something nice as a kind of a little mascot for the shop and these guys are lovely you know. we've had a few people looking to buy him already but we're not going to sell Ozzy we're going to keep him as a little mascot plus my wife wouldn't be impressed if I got rid of him she's mad about him <laughs> so somebody wants one we can try get one but he's a great little guy so as I said he's just learning he's already saying hello and he's saying no um, He's starting to say a few other bits, but they're not that clear yet. But he's just like a young, a young child learning to speak. You know, he's really coming on now. Thank you, Ozzy. He's going for the microphone again. And also, Darren Carroll, the very best of luck with Clonmel Outdoors and Pets as well. Thank you very much. Thank you. The Clonmel Podcast. Thank you, Darren, and thank you, Ozzy. Right, before I go, time to announce the winners of this week's hashtag Where's Mellow competition. Mellow was, of course, where... 
at Frenchman Stream or the Wilderness or the Wildy. I would have taken those answers as well. Well done on Instagram to one Peter O'Donnell and also to Thomas P. Ryan on Facebook. You both pick up the very nice Clonmel podcast mug and look out for Mella next week taking more selfies around parts of the town. So there we have it. That is the Clonmel podcast for this Friday, the 6th of October. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email the Clonmel podcast at gmail.com. You'll find us on all the social media platforms and, of course, on the website, www.theclonmelpodcast.com. Have a safe week, look after one another, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast was brought to you by The Village Grill Clarahan. Open six days a week, closed on Mondays. Did you know they have their own food truck, which is available for private event hire? And now taking bookings for 2024 communions and confirmations. Go to www.soulpanfoodtruck.ie. You've been listening to the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Produced by West 10 Audio Productions. Your town, your podcast.